0: During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information.
1: So hello, bonjour, and welcome everyone, this is Doriki, and I thank you for joining us today on the DNA Airwaves. I am your host along here with Anthony Lewis, my partner in crime. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Uh, today we are joined by one of Toronto's finest singers and songwriters, Navon Sinclair. Navon, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. How are you feeling today, sir?
2: Thanks for having me. I'm feeling good. I mean, like it's a—it's an odd time for sure in the world, but um, with the circumstances, I'm—I'm I'm feeling alright. You know, things could Good. be worse; they could be better, yeah. but they could be worse. <laughs>
0: you're right about that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us today, Navon. You are uh, definitely one of my favorite vocalists. You've had quite a career already, and I know you're just getting started. So we're so excited to see what else you have in store. Um, While we have you on the line, we just want to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. So if you could take us back to the beginning, let us know where you came from, how you grew up, all that good stuff.
2: the beginning. Okay, so definitely started in church. Seems to be like a common thing, but it's real for me. I started in church. Mom was a part of uh, church choir. Um, which turned into a more of a community choir because people started joining from all over the city. Um, and I basically had to follow her to her practices. So that is where music started for me. I was surrounded by it. Um, I guess I started picking up music from being around. And um, I would say like others probably noticed, noticed the musicality in me before I did because I was just, doing what I had to do. I was just there. Um, And then it just so happened that other people were like, there's something in this guy and we want to help him harness it. And uh then I was offered to do some competitions through church. I don't know if you guys are familiar with team talent. Yes. Um, uh,
1: can you explain that for people that don't know?
2: Yeah. So team talent was, Um, a competition for a bunch of churches in uh, actually within the Church of God world. Um, So in Canada, um, also in the U.S. Um, And what we would do is we would have district competitions, regional competitions, and um, we would compete whether it's male vocal soloists, female vocal soloists, ensembles, choirs bible competitions it was just basically anything you could think of there was competition behind it so (laughs) it was something cool for me as a child that but i didn't realize how much it was shaping my career or my love for music Mm -hmm. but that's definitely where it began like i was i i think 11 years old when i did my first competition And I competed as vocal soul male male from Toronto, and I won. So I was like, yeah, I like this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was just the beginning. I was like, "Okay, now I want to be better. I became super fascinated by music. I wanted to know how the singers I looked up to did what they did. I wanted to know how they created their harmonies and how they manipulated their voice. So I was this weird kid that would go home and just study music all day. <laughs> and wow. um, that was basically where it began. And then that turned into joining um, a group in Toronto. They were like the first um, Juno award-winning group out of Toronto, gospel group, sorry, out of Toronto um they had a couple grammy nominations under their belt and they go by the name of sharon riley and faith corral i was i'm super grateful for that group i learned a lot along the way that was when i first started traveling doing music they gave me the opportunity to travel to states and around canada singing gospel music and that opened up my eyes i was like wow i can do this i can do this for the rest of my life and actually live off of this i didn't realize it was a, a thing like it was just something i liked to do before but i was like this can be my life so i did that um and then fast forwarding a few years later they gave me the opportunity to write their 10 year their their comeback album after 10 years and um i didn't know what i was doing but i was grateful for the opportunity and i rose to the occasion um and that was the beginning of my writing journey and vocal production and then fast forward some more i started doing vocal coaching and teaching people um what i've learned on the road and Throughout my journey. And so now I do vocal production, vocal coaching, um, and music mentorship for people around the world, basically.
1: Had you been writing prior to that opportunity to do the Comeback album?
2: Um, yes, I was writing, but again, like I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I guess other people thought it was good enough. So, when did you make that leap? When did I make the leap to. To
1: to like just actually start dabbling in songwriting? I know you said people saw it in you, but when were you like, you know what, I think I can actually do this?
2: It was after letting people hear the stuff I was working on. So, it was more so like hearing their feedback. Yeah, so they've been saying. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, so it was like them saying, like, this is really good, dude. Like you said you should write for other people or you should work on this more, you know? And um, I just worked with more musicians and producers and they helped me make it better, basically. Right,
0: wow. So I was just going to say, take us back, if you could, when you were singing and doing the teen talent competitions around that time, you're like 11, mm-hmm. 12 years old. Um, you said that you were just listening and you're inspired by who you're listening to. I'm wondering who, you, who were you listening to at that point? Like, who were some of your first Wow.
2: A lot. So, obviously, a lot of it was gospel music. So, I was listening to people like Kirk Franklin, uh, Kimber Rowe, who's like one of the best vocalists ever, um, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. And different choir music, and Fred Hammond, and whatever. And then on my dad's side, my dad and my grandfather were really into DJing. So I heard a lot of reggae and R B and all of the other influences. So um that's kind of what where my influences came from. A mixture of a bunch of things, right?
1: Was it mostly your family that inspired you to start in the first place?
2: I think it was definitely my family, but I would say I would give a lot of the credit to just church, period, because oh, I was around vocalists a lot. I was around musicians. I was just around music, period. Mm-hmm. So, I, And I was seeing people that I looked up to in church. Um, in the music scene, I I was seeing them do what they did. And I'm now realizing how amazing they were. I was just fortunate to be around people that were like super talented. And so it pushed me to become the same way. Like I, the bar was really high. So I was like, I had to work to become that good or better
1: what what do you yeah. think the hardest part for you is when it comes to staying motivated and practicing and writing like is there any tips you could give like an aspiring musician as to how to you know work on your craft and what do you find is the hardest part to just continuing uh writing and practicing and getting better
2: i think the hardest part is comparing yourself to others people who have done it before you or people who are doing it right now I think a lot of times as creatives, we lock ourselves in this box based off of how we see other people doing it. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: And all that does is just make everybody sound the same. (laughs) Um, And what I try to help people or, or the way I try to help people is by telling them to look outside of that box and, try to find something different. What is it that you bring to the table that's different? And I think that is when people find a hit or when they find a new trend or they're the Mm. starter of a new trend or just just breaking that box is is a big challenge in music and I, I think if you can get out of that, it makes things much better. So I I guess I would say the box is the hardest thing to overcome.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Because even when I've I've tried to write that, like tried to sit down and write a song, it's usually trash. Because I do try (laughs) to find myself (laughs) following following someone else's like. Um, blueprint if you will And just like yeah. thinking I can make my own Version of a particular song which Usually ends up just frustrating me in the Process but can you yeah. kind of Maybe describe your process For writing a song do you have one or does it Just kind of like come to you and you Just capture it by writing it down or recording The medley like break down
2: um, It changes process. Okay, It definitely changes um, My favorite way is to start from Scratch with a producer in the room Or a musician whether it's a guitar player or piano player and just start from nothing and experiment with sounds. Um, and then when we hear a sound that we like, we'll start with that. Um, and then while the beat is being created by the producer, I'm usually in the corner writing towards the beat that that's being created. And, um, I also like to work with, um, uh, just working with sounds first. So, like, I'll, I'll record myself singing anything. It might not make sense, right, <laughs> but right, it's right. more so just for the melody. And then over time, I'll put lyrics into it and make sense out of what my subconscious mind is trying to say. Um, and that is my favorite way of writing. And I find um, some of my deepest songs have come that way. Because mm-hmm. I'm not overthinking, I'm not yeah. thinking about, like, how can I fit this all in? one verse and then put the chorus here and then where does like i'm not i'm not focused on structure as much i'm just more focused on like where the music is leading me and i think um that's the most effective way i found writing to go for me so um yeah that's my favorite way but it really changes like i i know some people will tell me that they want me to write a song Based off of a certain topic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to ask might you have,
2: that. Yeah, or they might. Or have they have a beat in the tongue
1: that they want you to like put some lyrics to. Maybe is exactly. that ever happen?
2: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I've I've had people um, give me lyrics that they've already wrote in, written. Sorry, um, yeah. and then they want melody behind it, or they just need help making it fit into a song, right? Um, right. Or turning a poem into a song. Like, There's so many ways we can do it, but my favorite way is definitely starting from scratch with nothing.
1: And with nothing, do you go straight to like a verse or a chorus? Do you write the chorus or the verse first?
2: Whatever happens.
1: Yeah, you just let it come. I'm
2: that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy that doesn't like rules. That's (laughs) good.
1: Good.
2: um, (laughs) When I was growing up, uh, a lot of what I learned was, was structure. And I think it's still important to know what what structure is and and how to go about that especially when I started trying to write songs outside of just gospel so if it was a pop song I knew that there was a, a certain way you had to structure it verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge out like you know right, right, um, right, right. but now I'm like I love that I love that things are changing now and people are not following structures and it's more so about the feeling um it might be like just a chorus and an outro, and that's the right. entire song. Like, you know, but as long as it feels right, that's the most important. Oh, that's my that opinion.
1: Makes, no, for sure. Yeah. Oh, so, but with your right, how do you know when your song is actually finished, though? When do you feel like, okay, I've got it, I've, I've nailed it, I'm not doing another single thing to it? When do you know? Uh, that? Do you just feel it, or does it just like. <laughs> so
2: that's like, actually. That's actually tricky because okay. I feel like we're we're never a hundred percent satisfied. Like we're always gonna hear something we could have done different or and because we're we're constantly evolving, right? So what I write this year might not be good enough for me next year. So I might listen back to it and be like, Oh man, I would have done this or that. But I find for me, when I feel like it's it's okay to put out is when mm-hmm. I play it for other people and I don't have disclaimers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like I, a lot of times we'll play our music for people and when it's playing, we find ourselves saying stuff like, "Okay, keep in mind it's not mixed and <laughs> you know like I'm gonna add some harmonies. Oh, and I'm gonna change some of the verses and don't worry about it that that lyric is not gonna stay there." Whereas right. before we even started playing the music, we thought it was good. Mm. um so so when i find myself doing that i'm like no go back to the drawing board it's not finished but when i play it for somebody and i'm very confident in what i'm playing for them that's how i know i'm ready to put it out
1: no that makes sense i uh i always wondered that like how a an accomplished songwriter has done it way more than just like a couple times like when yeah. do you know that your song is actually finished and i guess it's good to know yeah. that you guys torment yourselves as well, (laughs) as I'm sure amateur operators like myself will just like, we never know when it's actually done and we put it out there and go, okay, if they like it, I'm just, I'm not going to bother anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, but it is important to have a a few people in your corner that you know, you can, I call them my my trusted ears (laughs) because they're going to be super honest with you and they're going to show you, they're going to give you feedback based off of, things you might not think about or they're going to hear things that you didn't hear because you have to step outside of yourself because you wrote it right Right. so um if they and i take what they say with a grain of salt as well because if we're trying to start um something new and do something that's not been that's never been done before you are going to have people who say, like, what is that? That's trash. But it's because (laughs) they're not familiar with it, right? So you do have to trust yourself to some point. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, you know that you kind of want to hear their feedback on it just in case they do have a point and raise something that you didn't think about.
0: I know in a a lot of musicians, especially people who grew up with a church background, you kind of end up getting two schools. So I mean, there's a lot of guys who and girls who have grown up strictly in church and have a whole lifetime of music experience. And then there's mm-hmm. others who went to school and had other formal training. Where do yeah. you fall into that? Did you have formal training as well or?
2: Um, I didn't have formal training, but I was uh, fortunate to learn under people who did. So, um, which counts? Yes. I guess, yeah. So, yeah, I guess so. But so, I didn't actually go to school for music, uh, but I did study music through other people and like some of the biggest um, trainers out there, right? So, people training me when I was doing competitions in church, they were in Humber for music and teaching me every last thing they learned, you know, wow. about vibrato and scales and music terminologies and the technical side of things and whatever. So I was learning those things at a very young age and did think about it when I was older, but I I got a lot of advice from people that were in school and people that did graduate from music school and they were like, honestly Navarne, you're doing it already. So if you want to learn things and take little courses here and there, then Absolutely but um, I got a lot of advice that probably not the best thing for me to spend my money on four years of stuff that I pretty much knew and were already doing I was traveling the world doing all of that stuff already and usually people go to school in hopes that that is
0: the the
2: outcome right so yeah
0: exactly that's 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 amazing I mean you've you've reached levels that most only dream of and you're still going. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I do want to say,
2: I do want to say though that um, education is still good. So I, although I didn't go to school for music, I was in school for music on my own because I was reading up on uh, things about the voice or learning about harmony online or what, just whatever it is, anything I can do to educate myself on music more I was doing it so yeah it is important to learn but it sometimes looks different depending on the individual
1: no for sure
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess
1: for any aspiring musician or singer what would that what like what kind of advice would you give them
2: just never give up it sounds very simple but that is the key that's that's the the missing piece that a lot of people don't know. It's just literally never give up. The difference between you and the person who made it to their goal was that they didn't give up. A lot of people right. will see artists or musicians that they think are not good, but they have that one, number one spot. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's the difference? Like, Why did that person make it? And I'm loads better than them because yeah, yeah. they never gave they never gave up like they were very persistent they met the people that they had to meet they worked as hard as they needed to work and they were going to do it until they died basically yeah and,
1: yeah
2: and that's the key like just never give up that's my have, best have complaint. you ever
1: thought about giving up
2: absolutely (laughs) so how did you how did you handle
1: that crossroad when you did come to that like where you started questioning if you wanted to continue with it
2: i think we're constantly like going through the ebb and flow of things especially in music like we're using our emotions to um to help us create so it's 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 a thing but um I think what what brings me back to it every time is just knowing that like I love this thing that much and I know that I have what it takes and I know that I can make something happen for myself if I just kept going and the, the fear also the fear of not knowing what would have happened if I kept going so if I mm. give up today how would I know that like next week I probably would have made it or yeah. I would have met the person that can make that happen, you know? So sure. um, just knowing that it might just be around the corner is enough to keep going a little bit longer.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And fear oh, yeah. is only temporary. Regret is forever. That's, uh, ah. that's really, really important yeah. for people to understand. And I'm sure that's... hundreds, hundreds of people wish that life had a rewind button and it doesn't. So nope. I mean, that's great advice. Yeah. Never give up because Regret is something that I've seen a lot of older people live with, and it's it's uh, mm-hmm. terrifying, terrifying, because you can't go backwards. So that's great advice. That's
2: right.
1: Absolutely. So I know mm-hmm. these last,
0: I guess, five, six years, there's been a lot of great opportunities that you've been fortunate to be a part of Thank as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. As a fan of yours, it's awesome to see. Can you kind of talk us through some of the, I guess, some of the... Um, the, the calls and the processes that led up to kind of where you are recent day?
2: Uh, so a few years ago, I, I became a lot more serious about coaching and teaching people what it was I learned on the road and um, doing music. And um, I started connecting with a lot more people on different levels. So before it was more so um, just in the gospel Um, music community and it started growing outside of that more people started hearing about me and what I was doing Um, but then a lot of my connections within the gospel community helped me expand outside of that so um, I remember getting a call from a really good friend of mine, his name is Matthew Burnett, Um, we wrote together a lot because we grew up together in church, we're in the church scene um, and he was like, hey, I'm working with this artist. We're trying a thing, and I just want to know like if we can get you to coach him. So I was like, cool. So um, I didn't really know much about the kid. I just knew that they he was new to this thing and wanted to try something out. So we did a session, and that grew into more vocal sessions. Um, when I say a session, I mean like, vocal coaching session okay and then that grew into them saying like hey, we're working on an album and we want to know so you can vocal produce and i was like yes like i, I really <laughs> wanted that's i love doing that and because yeah. it was challenging me to do something outside of gospel as well i love a good challenge too so i was like yeah let's do it um and then Fast forward, his name is Daniel Caesar, and that album turned into Freudian, which is which has afforded us Grammy nominations. Um, Danny Once, won congrats. a Grammy off of there, I think. But but I just got the nomination. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just, that was just that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Um, that was that, and then grew into other people hearing about me in the industry, people are still just figuring out who I am. I'm still a small fry in my opinion. Um, and yeah, that's just one of the things that, or actually let me tell you about this. We just came off of tour in December. So we did a world tour, which was amazing for me. It was my first world tour living on a bus. You know, we started off in America, then we went to Europe and then we did Canada. Um, And that was an experience. I got to meet a lot of people around the world that way as well. Um, And then, yeah. So (laughs) I don't know what else I can tell you, but that's basically some of the stuff that uh, music has afforded me to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I know you've been all, all these stages you've been on. You're doing pretty much the same show while you're on tour. I've heard, mm-hmm. I've heard, and I've experienced sort of this feeling. Did you ever get the sense that's almost like the crowd? Did you see the crowd reacting the same way no matter where you went, or were there any differences that you noted? Or
2: there were differences, actually. Um, people are different in different places of the world. Uh, even in, like, let's talk about America on its own. Like, there's certain places where they're a little more lively or other places where they're just taking it in and you almost feel like you did a really bad show (laughs) but it's the way they react to it after makes you realize oh you were just taking it in like and I Mm. think we we used to be like that a lot here in Toronto but over the time I've over time I've seen the culture change a bit um and I've I've Spoken to a lot of artists in the past that have come here, and they're like, "I don't know, like I guess Toronto wasn't feeling me," and I'm like, "No, they were feeling you. This is our our different way of of taking it in." But we're just uh, stush. yeah, yeah, we're basically, <laughs> <stush>. <laughs> feeling too nice. But I, but like I said, the culture is changing a little bit. Um, people are a little more free in Toronto or they're getting there. And so I want to give them that credit. Um, But yeah, audiences are different everywhere around the world. But for the most part, it's still good to see people singing the words back that you contributed to and the harmonies you did and them noticing you. And it just makes you feel like all the hard work you put into it is actually paying off and it was worth it.
1: Amazing. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. What do mm-hmm. What do you love the most about being a musician?
2: Impact. I mm-hmm. love reaching people that I probably can't physically get to, um, and I love um, invoking thoughts and ideas in people through song, right. and and hopefully that will start a change in them, a positive change. Um, Yeah, I guess in one word, it would be impact. I think that's what I really love about music. There's no borders with music. It's um, a universal language that everybody understands and everybody feels. Um, Especially right now, during this whole COVID-19 situation, I'm seeing how many People are turning to music because yeah. it's healing. Um, it helps you take your mind off of what's going on around you, and then when you do have to face reality, it also helps you face reality. Uh,
1: that makes that's uh, that's a great answer. I guess on the flip side of that, what do you hate the most about the music industry?
2: Oh, there's a lot of things. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> no I mean like every industry there's challenges Um, I just think a lot of times people the longer you're in the industry it's easier for you to um, become caught up in the bubble and forget about things outside of the bubble Um, I constantly have to fight that myself like it's just to be quite real like you're you're so busy and working with people in this bubble that you forget about the world outside of it sometimes right and uh that i i don't like um it's hard for people to reach out to somebody who might have a foot or or just be in that bubble it's really hard because they look at your followers they look at how many followers you have or what you've done or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm who you written for and if you don't have any credentials under your belt, it's almost like you're you're nothing and you, you don't matter. And that doesn't Not. work. That, that that that's counterproductive because it's like how do I make it there then? How do I get the help that I need? Like how do I progress if nobody's allowing me to even if I can't get to them, if I can't reach them. So, I think that's something we can work on in the industry is being a little bit more um, reachable. Or and just that's like, a,
1: like, yeah, that makes sense. No, I kind of understand yeah. what you're saying. Is
2: yeah. there
1: anything else you'd like to change about the industry? I guess you're saying that right now it's just hard for, for up and comers to really get the credit or to really get their chops, if you will, in the industry. But
2: or what even else if would you notice? Ch-
1: Mm, yeah, exactly. even just be noticed. Mm-hmm. So if if you could, what would you specifically change about the I guess let's start just specifically with the music scene in Toronto. What would you mm-hmm. like if you could change a couple of things about the music scene in Toronto, what would it be?
2: Um, I would It's hard to say, but the main thing that's been in, in the forefront of my mind is the sense of a community, a music community. It's Mm -hmm. starting to develop here a bit, but we need that. I find um, a lot of artists will know of each other here in the city, but they don't really know each other. Nobody's put out the effort to get to know that person or work or collaborate. Um, I find in certain places in America, you'll go and somebody's like, yo, you need to meet. Dave, because Dave is gonna help you with this, and then Dave meets you, and he's like, "Yo, I'm working on a Kanye West album, and I need you." And then so and so Mm. connects you, like everybody's connecting each other with uh, and making things happen in that type of way. And I think we lack that in Toronto. We we feel like it's a more of a competition here, Mm. Um, and that's just the lack of knowledge. I think we need more people to speak out and say, "Hey, that's not how it works." It doesn't mean like who's better makes it to the top. It's all about like how we push each other to the top, to right. pull or pull each other to the top, right? So, true. I think if that's something I would change, and I will say I've been trying to contribute to that by throwing events. I throw an event called Mike Toss every now and then, where it just gets a bunch of like singers in the room. Um, and we sing together, and we support each other. And and it doesn't matter how seasoned of a singer you are, or how new of a, a singer you are. We're gonna support you. We're gonna clap for you. We're gonna shout and be like, "Yeah, sing!" Yeah, and you know, yeah. and sing harmonies with you. And then it, it it carries on after that. I see people following each other on social media and encouraging each other to release music and following each other and, and downloading each other's music and stuff like that. And I think that's, we need more of that here in the city. And, um, I, I believe it's, it's getting there, but it's definitely a work in progress.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I I see a little bit bubbling to me, like in the late nineties, there was a real big community and then it kind of fizzled out in the mid 2000s. Uh, I hope to see that come back because you're right. It is it is starting to bubble in uh, in the city, yeah. but it's not as strong as I feel it was maybe in the like mid to late 90s, early 2000s. I felt it was really strong.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I know with your company, Nude, right? That's Yeah. Where you're, yeah so I guess uh, the mic toss falls under that umbrella as well. Is that a part of the whole? Yeah, M-
2: mic yeah. toss, the event I just spoke about, um, we do music production and nude and vocal coaching as well. Um, and then in the future we plan to, it's, it's crazy cause it was a, a plan of mine late last year to start moving, um, everything to the online market mm. and <laughs> whether I planned it or not, we have to do that now, you know? So, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. um, that's interesting but um yeah i plan to to make more opportunities for people or or actually connect more people to opportunities through nude Um, essentially i think the idea behind it was just to be somewhat of an incubator for artists in the city um, and help them connect the dots and whether it is they need a manager or they need help writing their album or they need help finding a studio that's suitable for them or learning how to record themselves or just all those different things you know Um, we wanted to be a group kind of like a movement and help people um, in that way and help um, the community grow nice so so that's kind of what nude is about
0: yeah, that's amazing, man. So you work with a lot of artists and I know you probably have just as many or more contacting you and looking up to you now. Is there anyone that you listen to or that you've come across that you think deserves more attention?
2: Oh man, there's so many. Like that's really hard for me. I, I know. mean, <laughs> we would be here all day, but I'll, I'll name a, a few off the top of my mind. Um, there's... Kiara she is a singer out of Toronto here and she hasn't put out a project yet but she will be soon so just keep an eye open for her um Joel Lobin he just goes by Joel. he's rising people are starting to get to know him I know a lot of people in America are playing his music now he's on a lot of um Apple playlists and Spotify playlists and stuff so Look, I have Jawal, Lobin, uh, Looney, that's my homie, she's dope too. Uh, there's just so many artists. Like I literally work with a ton of artists and I should have never started naming names because now people are going to steal away. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I guess I would say follow my social media. I like to um, post a lot, of, a lot of new music in my stories Um I'm not the best about, with like posting on my feed, but I'm trying to, I'm working on that. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of artists, but,
0: um, so what are you currently listening to?
2: Wow. I, I don't listen to a lot of current music. Surprisingly, I've been listening to Sade <laughs> a lot lately. Um, Eddie Holman. Uh, my Honestly, my iTunes is all over the place. You'd be like, wait, what? It's just all over the place. Like, There's this artist named Alex Isley. She's out of um, LA. She's crazy. She's amazing. Her tone is amazing. Um, I spoke about Looney. I've been listening to Looney's music a lot. There's an artist named Baby Rose. Her oh, my tone. oh my
1: God!
2: Oh my God! Oh my God! She's young, but she has this uh, very old school tone and feeling to her her voice, and just her music altogether. The vibe is amazing. Yes. Yes. Then on amazing. the pop side of things, there's an artist named Isla. There's just so many. Coffee from from uh, Jamaica. Um, that's a good friend of mine. too. She like, there's just so many music but like i'm not i'm not the guy who's usually listening to like the most current or top or what what do you call it top 40 40
0: mainstream yeah yeah
2: i just listen to whatever i like (laughs) and i just put it on random so it might be gospel and then the next album is like rap or something i'm just all over the place
1: that's good, though. That keeps it fresh and that keeps you outside of the box, like you uh, mentioned earlier, your fear of staying in a box. So okay. so I guess I, I know you have a great year for music and you're doing a lot with other artists. Do you plan on releasing any solo work in the very near future?
2: Um. Yes, I do. But um, I, I don't know. Like, there's no I couldn't give you a date or a time like. I'm just going to release music whenever I want to release it. um, And however I want to release it. And then I don't know when the next release will happen after that either. It's just kind of like, that's not at the forefront of my focus. Mm -hmm. It's really just being behind the support behind other artists. And then whenever I, I get an itch, I'll release music or write something new for myself. But yeah i I couldn't give you a date, but for sure I'm just gonna i'm gonna release some stuff again you're gonna have to follow my social media to <laughs> see when that happens but I also wanna collab a lot with more producers for that in the future as well so maybe put out some collab albums with different oh, okay. producers and um just showcase what it is we do so n- not so. Focused on my vocal ability on the album, but more so the writing aspect and the production side of it, and um, just showcase what it is. It's more so like a showcase album, if I can put a name to it. Okay. Yeah, as opposed to like Navan Z artist. Right. Like I right. don't. I don't really want to be seen as a solo artist right now.
1: Okay.
2: But I will put out music.
1: Well, I guess I, I, I'll i wrap it up I We really, really, really appreciate you taking the time To come in and chat with us uh, Before you go though, we just want you to shout out your socials Because you mentioned it a couple But let the fans know where they can reach you So they can follow your journey
2: Okay, so follow me on IG And it's just Navon So J-U-S-T-N-E-Z-O-N And um, yeah You'll find me there I'm not on Twitter anymore Yeah um, I am on Facebook, but do you use that. So just follow me on IG and you'll, you'll be connected to me from there.
1: And shout out your company as well, real quick.
2: Nude, yes. Thank you for that. So it's, it's spelled Z-N-E-U-D, pronounced nude. And you can follow us on IG as well. So at Z-N-E-U-D.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much again, man. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys a lot.
1: As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit DNAairwaves.com Captivate today to start your free trial.